So to give you guys a quick recap on where we were from last time, you guys had fought in the arena. You had found out that Zonk was the one who knew the information. You guys took a little bit of downtime while you were partying and celebrating the first win of Mountain Inferno. And then you guys decided to act on your information and try and hunt down Zonk. During that time, you guys went through the bazaar for the first time in the campaign. Like, your characters have, have been in there several times dur during their lives. You know, probably several times a day, honestly. But for the first time in the game, you guys had been through the bazaar and, and met some rather interesting characters who sold you guys some relatively crazy items that you guys found. While you were heading out to meet Zonk, where you thought that he was going to be, out at the Duck Fart, you guys actually ended up running into him on the road while he was on his way back from drinking there uh, and was pretty toasted. He told you that if you guys wanted to get the information out of him, he could not currently remember it, and the only way that he thought that he could help you guys was with a product called Warven Ale, which was sold by the Mixit Corporation. Uh, you guys took a quick stop off where your fun friend Trill uh, almost got himself consumed by a couple of guys who were standing out in front of the Mixit building, while the rest of you went inside to purchase the Warven Ale, uh, took it over to Zonk, who drank it. His eyes were went crazy red and he was able to tell you guys just about anything under the sun that he had ever experienced. You guys ended up finding out that Nix and Knox had come and spoken with him that night and that a bubble of darkness aura had surrounded them and then somebody stepped in and took the girls in a carriage and left for the Casino Royale. You guys know that the person who spoke with him was a fire genasi, but you don't know anything else besides that. When you guys were getting ready to leave from talking with Zonk, the last question that was asked of him was, what is the most dangerous thing you know? And he said the true name of Agile Light, uh, which Crawl responded rather... Uh, skittishly to, which led to the group reconnoitering to a safe location back at the Dragon's Flagon where some truths were revealed. The You guys were informed about who Agile Light was. You guys found out for the first time about a group called Nevix, which acts as a assassin's guild, essentially, within the precincts. Uh, a group of people who um, some exiles, some not, who disintegrate bodies so that people cannot be resurrected like most people in the precinct would be uh, if anything bad were to happen to them. Uh, <clears throat> after some conversations, the, the party decided that, that in the morning they were going to try and set out to the Casino Royale and that uh, Crete would be heading out in the morning to try and meet up with the uh, people of the Maven's Accord so that they could transport you guys quicker than you would be able to walk on foot to try and get there because it is some distance away. Uh, pro probably about 400 miles away roughly get guessing based off of how large the precincts are and about how many away from you that it currently is. But we're going to cut in to you guys 
during the night. So you guys are, are getting ready to set out in the morning. It is relatively late at night. You guys have had your, your big discussion. What are you guys going to be doing the night before you are, for a lot of you, leaving this precinct for the first, or for about half of you, leaving this precinct for the very first time? And then for a couple of you, it's not your first time leaving the precinct. So what are you guys going to be doing that night? For Crawl, that night, he is actually not going to be anywhere with the party. He's going to go to his actual house out on that lake. Okay. And he's going to just make sure that, like, everything is closed up. Like, he doesn't want some weird, th like, it to get damaged by wind or rain or some sure. animal or something. Sure. He's just going to, like, lock it up. Uh, as you are rowing out to your island on the lake, uh, oh, I can turn into aquatic animals now, so I'm I'm just like turning into a crocodile or something. And okay, across. all right. So you're you're swimming across. Uh, as you are approaching your house, why don't you give me a perception check? Fifteen. Okay, with a fifteen, what you see as you start to approach, this is a, from a distance. Uh, as as you're kind of halfway across to your island. You can see that there is a light on in your place. As you continue getting closer, you can see that there appears to be a head, a shadow that kind of goes in front of the light every once in a while, like it's moving around in there. Okay, um, I would get close to the shore and then turn into the smallest thing I can think of, like a mouse, something like that. Turn into a mouse and then just kind of like creep up and try to see who's in there i'm gonna give i'm gonna have you give me a stealth with advantage you are looking for a dc of 17 18 okay you kind of creep up and then kind of through like a, a little small hole that is up toward the top of one of the windows of your house uh, you kind of use as like an inch, easy entry and egress for yourself if you ever need to uh, you kind of slip in and you can see that it looks like manta is walking around inside your place uh there's uh you don't have a whole lot of stuff in your place but you know she's taken the the one kind of nice chair that you have and pulled it over she's pulled your your nights your uh, end table uh, nightstand away from your bed a little bit to kind of use it as a table she's got like a plate that did not come from your house with like some uh, uh, tea kettle on it and two little cups and one of them is full and she's just kind of sitting there drinking and reading from a book I will like get just step completely back outside so that I don't we'll just like transform right in front of her and scare her and I'll transform back into crawl and just walk in and as I walk in say like hello Oh, good to see you, lad. Have a seat. What, uh... To, uh, have a quick conversation. I, I sit down and I say, to what do I owe the, uh, visit? I got a visit tonight from the Atriarch Fantome. Oh. He, uh... He mentioned that you and your little band friends have been poking your nose into some very dangerous business. 
stuff about Preet's siblings going missing? Less about them being Preet's siblings, more about them being Mistos's nieces. Right, right, but but the fact that they're missing, that's the stuff that... They're, they're not missing right now. Well, I mean, they're missing as far as Creed is concerned. Right. And it's to stay that way for now. Not that he can't know they're safe, of course, but... They're safe. You need to stop poking around with where they are and start figuring out who the hell caused all this to begin with. Well, currently the only leads we have are where they are. If we had any leads to go on as to who caused it, we would go that way, possibly. Ah, and see? That's, that's the rub, isn't it? But I can help with that. There's a man with a lot of information about what's going on. He's an unfortunate work partner of mine right now, thanks to uh, the Atriarch. His name is Beyondak Salter. I've heard that name before. Yeah, he is... Uh, he's what I would call a... problem. Okay. And he might have information as to what occurred with the girls. He is the one who got them out of here, and he is the one who knew that this was going to happen. He works with the Orzov Guild, and uh, he's supposed to be somewhere in town, because they've made sure that the girls were taken where they needed to be, and He's also trying to wrap things up, but we were contracted to do it, and we can't fail. We were we were contracted to take his siblings. Not to take the siblings. We were contracted to figure out who was doing it while the Orzov were supposed to be taking care of the girls. Their part is done. And so now they're trying to step in on our territory to try and earn a favor. Now look, you can go after the girls still if you want, but and I'll use other contacts inside the wheel to try and get this done, but they are safe. Heading after them is a fool's errand at this point. Well, I will have to see what how Crete feels about that, obviously. I don't know if I'll be able to sway him from going after his sisters. You trust Merrick? Oh yeah, I mean, I do. Crete probably does. The person who's holding them is in good esteem with Merrick Drogon. Would Merrick confirm this? If you wish to talk with him, I am sure he would pass along the information. Alright, I will, uh... I will let Crete know, and I'll. I will advise that we instead try to find out why they were taken. It sounds like we already know who took them—the Orzo Guild, right? That's who. He, they took them, but they took them because someone else was trying to kill them. 
Uh, the Orzov Guild protected them. Correct. They ferried them out of here under the cover of darkness, is my understanding. But you're saying that this gentleman, who is part of the Orzov Guild, was he the one in charge of protecting them, or is he the one that was trying to kill them, or do we not know? He's the one who brought the information to Drogon about the assassination attempt. Okay. And then came up with this whole cockamamie scheme of sneaking them out and ferreting out whomever was causing it, but he knew about it before we did. And that's damn near impossible, as you know. Indeed. Listen, the, uh, the Atriarch is still in the wheel. He has said that the Council itself is taking interest in what is going on here. I am going to be working things from my end, but there's only so much I can do at my age. Don't you, don't you downplay yourself? We know what you're capable of. Listen, I just want to enjoy my bloody retirement with my damn toll bridge and not have to worry about all of this. Someone is trying to be murdered. We need to protect them. Blah, blah, blah. I, I just, I don't have it in me anymore. Well, I'll see. I, I will give this information to the party and suggest a course of action, but we'll see what they decide. Uh, in the Westies, there is a small building, uh, a very unassuming little warehouse. It uh, has a sign on the front of it with no words, but just two coins uh, with ugly, ugly faces on them, to be honest. As far as I know, that is the operational base for the Orzov in the wheel. They have their big fancy building right around the arena, of course, but that's not where true things get done. If you are seeking out Beyondak to uh, talk to him, I suggest you start there. Appreciate the information. And uh, try not to get yourself killed. I, um, I've heard our old friends at Nevix may be involved in this one. That's okay. The, the, the Guardians have a piece of me. I mean, alright, good for you. What about your friends? I mean, I might suggest that they also give a piece to the Guardians, if they haven't yet. Alright, well, you know where I'll be. I'm, uh, I had to cast a spell to get all the way out here because I don't, I don't, I don't feel like swimming. Like, I, I didn't actually hear a boat come up, so I assumed you swam here. So uh, I'm gonna rest a little bit and then head on back home if you don't mind. Oh yeah, feel free. I was gonna actually come pay you a visit tomorrow morning anyway, uh, on the assumption that I was leaving. I was gonna let you know that I'd be gone for a little while. Yeah, well, if you don't. Uh, don't. I, I know I know that you asked me to send him to you, and I did, but try not to get him killed. <laughs> uh, you know I don't make any promises I can't keep, mate. Well, 
feel free to stay the night if you want. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I guess close the door on your way out. She goes back to drinking her tea and looking over what what now that you are closer and like kind of standing there, there are ledger books for her toll bridge. All right, so we're going to cut away from the small island in the southeastern portion or southwestern portion of the wheel and back over to the tavern itself. What are the rest of you guys doing during the evening while Crawl has meandered his way off for a bit? Um, Trill is not eating fairy pies, but he's at the bar and he's basically just drinking very slowly and kind of just staring at the wall behind the bar uh, at the behind like the blank wall basically he's kind of in shock not in shock but uh the excitement of you know actually doing something going somewhere has kind of given way to the cold terrifying reality of that he's leaving his you know district for the first time so he's kind of just like nervously tapping on the table and just kind of slowly drinking until you know the alcohol eventually just kind of knocks him out okay uh while he is doing that fio and crete are you guys doing anything else fire naturally is also going to be at the bar she's just going to be sipping one of her beverages relaxing and then she's going to shoot a look down the bar at this annoying tap 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 she keeps hearing from uh trill's nervousness be like do you mind oh uh yeah <clears throat> sorry i uh, my mind was uh, miles away just thinking about other things mhm that's mm-hmm. fine just quit with the tapping mm-hmm. i'm enjoying myself yeah uh, you you you've been outside the district before right mhm yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what is it nice? Depends which district. Yeah, that makes sense. What happens if you like you, you know, break your leg? Like do you just die there out in the you know, wilderness in some other district? Or like no, that's a stupid question. Sorry. I mean, there's you know, guardians in every district. So. Yeah, that yeah. that that if you was. You die in another district. Question. You die in real life. What if? What I mean, like, what 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 if what if you run out of money? Like, are you just stuck in that district forever? Do you just have to live the rest of your life there? Um, you, or like, well, well, no, walk? you make more money. I mean, what kind of question is that? I don't know. I, I I don't know how every other district runs itself. I mean, is, are there like other cannibal districts that we have to watch out for? Cannibal? I don't know. I'm trying to cover all my bases here. Right. Uh, Fio, ro- roll me just a flat d20. Okay. <laughs> an right. amazing one. Okay. Uh, on a one, Fio, you remember during your travels when you were younger, not that you saw it not that you were there but at one point your older sister was telling you bedtime stories about new refugee groups that would come in and they would get to set up the laws however they wanted and some of the laws were that they would eat any kind of genasi who would come into the precincts and even though like 
anyone else probably would have by this point realized that their older sibling was messing with them. You, to this day, have a fear of the Southern Precincts because of this. Got it. So, I mean, okay, there are some bad precincts. Mostly the Southern ones. Wait, bad? Bad how? How bad? I don't know if I want to tell you, like, I mean, maybe it's fine for little fairies, but I'm not seeing like myself. What do you mean? You're bigger than me. If it's bad for you, it'd be worse for me. I mean, Whoa. anything that could hurt you could probably tear me in half. Well, maybe they don't like brownies smelling fairies. And like, they like the fire of a genasi, right? So, ugh, I can't believe I'm telling you this stupid story. So, my sister, Essie, mm-hmm. used to tell me this story mm-hmm. about refugees uh-huh. that would come into, like, some of the precincts down there, and they would get eaten! You... So, I tend to stay away from all of those and at least have a couple of precincts between me and those. Um, You're not going anywhere near those, right? I, you would well, be heading I'm, southeast if you yeah. were leaving to head out of the precincts today, yes? Yeah, like, we're, we're going in, in that direction. Mm-hmm. But... but I'm pretty sure the pretense we're going to is safe. Pretty, pretty, okay. pretty sure. All right. Pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I know that, you know, you hate me and I hate you, but mm-hmm. we have to watch each other's backs, right? Yeah. Especially when it comes to me getting eaten. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't yeah. actually hate you though. But, um, I'm just saying, you know, we've oh, we've had conflicts. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Of you to say. Yeah, I'm going to get another drink. Yeah, that sounds good. I need a whole lot of drinks right now. Or else I'm going to be relieving those stories a little bit tonight. Hey, yep, yep, yep. Another round here, please. Uh, You see that Jim Clank walks over one of the the big orc guys, and he kind of gets two more drinks out of the big keg that's next to him, and it's starting to get low, so he taps on the wall behind him. Uh, and you can see that he bring as he's bringing you guys over the drinks. One of the brewers from the back, one of the back rooms, starts rolling out a new keg to put there. Yeah, I guess we're getting the dregs. Oh well, whatever. I'll take whatever. Anita walks by and says, Do you, "Did you guys need anything?" And Trill, are you ever showing up for work again? Oh, Anita. Um, probably not. Um, so Anita, I have actually been called away. <clears throat> well, you know, I've actually been called away on a very important uh, task, and as much as I would lay love, love, I was much as I would love to stay here and um, you know, help out here in the tavern forever and ever and ever. Um, unfortunately, I have to go into potential danger so you might never see me again if i she is sweetheart what no 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 do you ask that like like do you ask that just like that or you try to be stealthy exactly like that okay you see that anita's both of her eyebrows kind of go up 
Um, go ahead and roll me insight, both of you. Uh, Trill, because you're kind of drunk and off put right now, I'd like yours with disadvantage. That was good rolls. I got a 19. Got a 14. All right. Uh, Fio, you can tell that there is the slightest bit of red on Anita's face as the lady begins to protest. Uh, Trill, you do not catch this at all. You just, you see that Anita's like, yeah, no, we're not, it, it's not like that. We're, we're work friends. But Fio, you're like, mm -hmm, work friends. Mm-hmm. And she'll, like, give this knowing smack. Mm-hmm. Called it. She turns away and starts heading back to the kitchen very quickly. It's a little bad, you know? I mean... You should go uh, kiss her. I mean, you're going away into danger. <laughs> no. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose? You're probably going to die, so may as well kiss her <laughs> now. Oh, God. I think I should just need another drink. I'm gonna go get another. Wait, I thought I had another. Drink. Yeah, liquid courage. There you go, man. Yes, I need alcohol. Mm -hmm. I um, am a great wingman. I need drinks, drinks, drinks. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna touch the pies though. I, I did tell myself that. I'm not doing it. Mm, uh, no loss. Mm -hmm. And Trill's gonna go get another drink and just. Go back you, to you literally just had one placed down in front of you by. I know uh, now he has two. Okay, so you're getting another one from the new one too. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So the little fairy has two very large sized glasses in his hand, and uh, right around this point, Crete, you come into the bar. Where have you been? Crete uh, was just outside. I was just outside doing a little work. Um, while everybody was kind of settling in, Crete took a break outside, kind of near the stables, and uh, sat down for a bit to kind of like get some fresh air and sort of get kind of wax and philosophical uh, with Leroy. No, he he actually started like casting a spell, sort of pulls the some energy deep within himself and goes into kind of like a how do you put it almost doing kind of like a light sort of very quiet like throat thingy kind of sound and puts out feelers for uh, a new friend so he casts find steed okay so as you're standing outside uh, just out in front of the dragon's flag and you're kind of the dragon's flagon is kind of located at the edge of like what would be considered the downtown center of the wheel. It's kind of like there's the arena itself dead in the center, and then the bazaar around that, and then each of the different uh, neighborhoods starts there and kind of works its way out the wheel. And you guys are kind of on the, the very edges where buildings have started becoming a little bit more sparse, people are living a little bit further away from one another, and as you're standing there and you're breathing in, you can smell that mountain air and you're just reaching out, trying to find this familiar, uh, this, this, this steed that you can ride. And 
you hear off in the distance, much farther than you think that you should normally be able to hear, what almost sounds like rock cracking and breaking. And you can see what looks like a small cloud of dust looking like it is falling down from the rim to the ground. And then a few minutes later, you start to feel as this thing starts to get closer and closer to you. And then you can start to make it out in the distance as it's starting to ride up. And you see what appears to be a very large ram with crystalline horns on it and body that looks like it is made of shale and rock that is running down the road toward you. As it rides up next to you, you can see that this thing is shoulder height with you when it stands. Its its head is, you know, kind of just at your eye level and it can just it as it moves up next to you, just kind of looks you in the eye for a few moments. We'll return the gaze, uh, just kind of look into its eyes, take a deep breath, and you know, kind of like reach out and put his hand on its head. As you do, it kind of moves its head slightly away from you for a moment, but then leans back into your hand. And this thing, as it leans into your hand, you're a big dude. You're a strong dude. And this kind of catches you off guard a little bit and rocks you on your heels for a second. And then it drops down on its front knees in front of you. Yeah, he'll go ahead and whip a leg over and mount. All right. As you kind of hop up onto the back of this thing, it is... As, as you feel it, the entire thing is made out of stone and it is dense and it is heavy and as this thing moves, kind of the, its paws in the ground are leaving large prints um, and you can see that as you're getting up onto it though, where you sit is very soft, almost like a, a pumice type stone instead of anything that is very hard and it's almost perfect where you place yourself down into it that you could be able to ride this thing very easily without a saddle and you you get the feeling that your new friend would not appreciate one he'll uh yeah create kind of just like would take it for sort of a short run uh around sort of the area it's not gonna like put it he's not gonna try and like go at top speed or anything but kind of just like get a feel for its for its gait and you know gain get some get used to it within its connection and sort of build his center of gravity get used to that feeling you are you head out to, to start doing that and as you're kind of riding around what you realize very quickly on this thing is it feels like an extension of yourself when you are riding on this beast. Um, you, 
are worried at first about being able to control it and tell it where to go, but it seems to almost know where you're going to want it to turn before you, before you even get there. You have been on beasts of burden before in your life. You've ridden on horses that were large enough to carry you a few times. You've ridden on some oxen before, but this thing is extremely responsive. It is, it is almost like a Ferrari compared to everything else that you've been on. Nice. So he, you know, takes it kind of around, sort of like around the block. And when he comes, gets back to the flag and he will kind of just bring it in towards the stables, dismount. And through whatever bond they have, he will kind of like look it in the eyes again and just say, I'm going to call you Shale. Is that okay? just looks at you and tilts its head and then kind of rears up on its back legs for a second and then comes down and it almost looks like it's going to ram you and, and like you brace yourself as if you're going to get knocked over and at the last second it stops and just very gently nudges you. <laughs> you have a sense of humor. Great. Um, he'll turn to... Uh... Oh, God, I just forgot his name. Jorby? Leroy. Leroy. God, I don't know where Jorby is in my head. Where'd that come from? I don't know, uh, but I'm writing it down. We're getting a Jorby today. Uh, so he'll turn over to Leroy and say, uh, I'm going to, do you mind if I put my friend in here? Shale, as you say that, meanders over to the other large boulder that you did your morning calisthenics on this morning or, or you did your morning constitutionals on this morning and uh, Shale lays down and if you did not see Shale lay down you would not be able to tell that there were two that there weren't two boulders there now oh and he'll just say well never mind uh, guess he's found a more comfortable spot that is amazing. You can make rocks into goats. That's a ram. Uh, what? It's a ram. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I don't see many of those. It's normally horses. Lots of horses cleaning up horse dung all day. That's all right. Just want you to know. I'm sure the, that he'd rather you know as well. All right. Uh, it is a ram named Shale. That's right. And um, I guess don't worry about them. They'll, well, they'll be there for, all for right. now. All right. I will not worry about the second. Can should I stop people from trying to pick up the second rock? Uh, Crete will kind of, like, through his telepathic bond, kind of ask Shale, do you, um, do you want people to not touch you? Let them try. All right. He'll look at Leroy and say, they're welcome to try. Uh, I guess he'll pull out a silver and hand it over to Lori. Just in case you have any trouble here. Oh, thank you, sir. That's like nearly two weeks' pay for me. 
catch you later, Leroy. And he'll Goodbye. go inside. All right, so you, so you start heading inside. You see that there is a Trill who is currently holding two empty beers in his hand. A Fio who has probably six or seven between the two of them on the table in front of her, sitting there and, and talking amongst themselves as you as you walk in. And Fio seems to be giving Trill a hard time about trying to go and talk to Anita. Just moves you on up and... Let's Not change the on. subject. Hi, Crete. Where, where, where have you been? <clears throat> uh, making a new friend. Uh, Crete will hold oh. a hand up at mm. um, uh, the the gym with the with the heavy cast or not the heavy cast, but the um, the strong cast. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jim Crush will uh, fill a, a mug. This mug is about half the size of the other mugs that you see kind of in front of Fio and Trill. They have not been drinking from this cask yet this evening. You are making new friends? Well, Trill is trying to make a new friend here tonight as well. I'm, I'm, is that I'm right? really not. No. No, I am oh, trying so, to... so right. I am trying to drink here. And, um, uh, great. Have you ever been outside the district? Quite a number of times when I was working for the Accord. Oh. Have you ever, well, I was about to ask if you've ever been eaten, but I'm suddenly realizing that's kind of a silly question to be asking. Totally have not a silly eaten? question because people have, could have, have been eaten and brought them back to life, remember? <laughs> yeah. Have you been eaten before? In the district. Kurt's just like doesn't even know where the hell this conversation is going. Uh, I. No one's ever trying to take a bite out of me, at least not outside of the arena. Mm. Oh. Never mind. And that's how we all found out Crete was a virgin. Da 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 da. Uh, so you guys are sitting here and, and kind of talking amongst yourselves. And as you guys are talking, because it is the evening time, you guys see that Merrick makes his way through. You see him get, uh, greet Anita kind of as he comes out of the back kitchen. He walks over to the gym that has the, the light keg and he grabs a drink from him. And he's kind of moving his way through the room and talking with all of the different people who were there kind of partying in the evening. It is kind of later in the evening right now, so most of the people who are here are a little bit sloshed, um, you know, having having a, a good old grand time. And he meanders by your table, and he does not stop to talk to you guys. He does give you guys, like, the, the nod um, of acknowledgement, but he seems to just kind of be moving amongst all of the other patrons right now. Yeah, when when he comes in, Crete will kind of just follow him with his eyes a bit. Uh, he'll keep drinking, but like, if Drogon starts to make moves to like head towards the back in some way, or somewhere out of sight, he's gonna he'll he wants to like move to go to intercept him. He had some he had some things he wanted to ask Drogon. Yep, got it. Um... It will probably be about 10 to 15 minutes of him meandering and talking about. So you're just going to kind of keep your, your eyes on him and chat with your friends during that time? 
yeah, he doesn't want to like interrupt him or anything like that. He knows yep. that Drogon's got his own business here, so he's he's trying to be polite. Got it, got it. Yeah, you see that he kind of you know moves amongst the different people. He he does head the one time that he does leave the the main bar area like during this period of time is he does make his way over into the bathroom for a moment. Do you want to use that as the time to try and go talk to him, or are you going to let the man have his uh, bathroom time? No, I mean, like, there's only two toilets in there. I know there's one occupied already, so. Man, Tom just does not get off that toilet. <laughs> Poor old pooping Tom back there. So Merrick will make his way back out. He kind of talks amongst everybody, and then you see that he is getting ready to head back into uh, the, the little office-type room that he has, which is next to the second kitchen. Okay. Uh, but this would be the time that he would be kind of moving out of eyesight from people you are familiar with. Okay. So yeah, great. We'll uh, look at Bioundrial and say, hey, I need to talk to Drogon for a minute. Um, so you'll excuse me. And okay. get up and, and kind of try to chase him down a little bit. Point is true. You could get eaten tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So go over to that fine thing and... No, stop making that face. <laughs> uh. What this face? Yum yum yum. Oh, what you think so? Absolutely. Um, let me get another drink first. I'll be back. Which cask are you going to? The strong one. All right. He gives you the the drink out of that flask. And uh, go ahead and roll a perception with disadvantage. Again, none of a disadvantage. I mean, you're drunk. That's going to be a very strong and firm six. All right. You do not see the smirk on his face as he has been sitting here listening to you guys talk now for the better part of 30 minutes about this and uh he fills up a a full glass the, the, the same size glasses as the ones you've been drinking out of all night into the cup and hands it over to you he, he has essentially handed you a pint of a very strong whiskey am i gonna have to like roll a death saving throw in a second <laughs> No, no, not at all. Like, like I, I assume that since Trill works here, he is probably kind of, you know, been getting drunk on occasion here and there. So, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing in here that's going to, like, really harm you. Like, it may knock you out. It may make you do some dumb stuff. But, no, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. He can hold his liquor to an extent. I mean, as much as a... Until your brownies start smelling very... like a vodka-soaked brownie. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, no, they start smelling like, you know, those kind that of, like, whiskey-infused. I don't think she does, she does like, they, I have to at this point, I smell, I smell like a rum cake at this point. You do, yeah, it's, it's less brownie and more rum cake right now. Yeah. Man, he's going to start drinking that like it's a normal beer at this point. He's already, like, four or five of these, you know, tall beers in. Okay, so cutting away from that, uh, Merrick has just walked into his back room, and he, he the door isn't completely shut behind him. There, it's it's kind of cracked open as Crete approaches it. <clears throat> so Crete will kind of like stop, and he'll he actually he'll kind of like stop and listen for a second just to make sure there's no like potentially private conversation occurring. 
there does not appear to be anybody else. He he seems to be sitting in a chair, kind of looking over what as you uh, roll me perception. That will be a three. You are pretty sure he is doodling <laughs> in an adult coloring book. Gotcha. Great. Yeah, he'll uh, <laughs> he will kind of knock on the door. Oh yes, who oh, come in? He'll kind of poke his head in. And... Do you have a few minutes, Trogan? Oh, uh, yeah, I was. I, I, you know, I was just going over the, the ledgers here to make sure that everything was on the up and up, but I, of course, have a moment to speak with you if needed. I would appreciate it. I can, Could you bring a chair from outside in here? I don't have to... You could sit on the bed, I guess, but that would, I don't I don't want to seem weird, you know. Or you will step back and grab a, a spare chair that he can, like, the nearest spare chair he can find. Yep, there's one like right outside the door. Okay, so yeah, he'll, he brings one in, and sets it down, and and then sits. Um, what can I do for you? So, I am aware of some things about, well, a lot of stuff that I don't even. How do I put this? I understand you have a lot of information about the precinct and uh, many other things that don't necessarily need to be shared with the public. And that is very true. And so I wanted to ask you some things um, in case you might have some information that could help me. So I most certainly will do whatever I can to help you, my boy. I... um you know, I do have some sworn confidences that I can't break just like I would never break yours, but if there's anything I can tell you, I will tell you. Can you tell me why my uncle was in town? He... Roll me an insight. Insight is a 20. Okay. Uh, You see on his face like a little bit of Oh, fuck. That he is very hard trying to mask because he got a 19. <laughs> um, he was trying very much trying to mask like an, an, an oh, fuck. That, damn, I didn't want you to know this. Uh, your uncle? Uh, what, what brings him up? I know for a fact that he's been in town. And not only that, My sisters have disappeared. And we do believe it's because, or at least in relation to his recent arrival. A disappearance is so much better than a death, isn't it? It's a odd way to say that. But one would have to agree with the sentiment, right? Yes. A disappearance tells you that there's a chance that they'll be coming back. The rumors were that that was not going to be the case. We, Driscoll and I, called in some favors. And we found a way to keep them safe for now. You. Favors. 
people, they weren't safe. People around here trade in favors. It's people like me. People like Driscoll. And there are some groups that I am not too happy to have to work with, but can be effective when needed to be called upon. And we used those favors to make sure that they, that your sisters would be safe as part of a, honestly, as part of a way to try and convince your uncle that we were on his side. What side is that? The side that seeks to bring peace. The fact that he does what he does destabilizes this place. And we hoped to be able to speak with him. I see. So their leverage. No, not at all. We do not, we are not holding them against their will right now, actually. My understanding is they are having a wonderful time uh, staying with Solace. Solace? Ah, yes, Solace Grandmire. Uh, she is a good old friend of mine who runs a place to, I believe it's the southeast, called the Casino Imperial. Yes. I'm aware of the place. And I knew they were there. So. You send them away to make inroads with my uncle. Well, well, we sent them away to keep them safe because we were told that someone was going to be attempting to murder them, and not just kill them, disintegrate them. Oh. Unfortunately, as powerful as your uncle is, he has made enemies. And some of those enemies have sought to harm his family as a way to get at him, because they cannot find him. Crete is kind of like gripping his drink in like a vice grip now at this point. His you're, you're holding onto this drink as tight as you can and as you are from the doorway that is still kind of cracked open, a small bird lands on your shoulder. And then Crawl's voice says, more information, girls are safe. We might not want to leave. We'll talk in the morning. Merrick, I, I trust you. And I thank you. Well, of course. But I can't be in the dark any longer. If you want to find the truth, I suggest you find the people who are trying to harm your sisters. 
if you can figure out who did that, you will know more than I do because I was provided information that they were going to be harmed and we looked into it and we were able to verify some things, but we were not able to verify everything about this. We just knew who the target was and how they planned to do it. And unfortunately, we had to keep your mother in the dark because she refuses to come to any council meetings. She's very dedicated. She just does not want to come down here and play with the rest of us. I mean, if I can give your uncle any one word of praise, his willingness and want for coexistence among our people was inspiring. My mother doesn't disagree with coexistence. She's just more concerned with our people's identity and our independence than anything else. Well, I hope that one day she will come to realize what we can offer and what your people can offer if they come down off the rim. Maybe one day your people can come up to our rim, but I don't disagree. Thank you, Drogan, for being honest with me and sharing. Well, as I said, I would tell you what I can. Is I mean, I'm not doing anything else right now if there's other questions that you want clarity on. Who are who are the was it Draconium Custodium? The other way around. My the brain just suddenly the Custodium Cortatum? The Custodium Cortatum. Yeah, right. Uh <laughs> you see him smile a bit. <sighs> that is a question that unfortunately I cannot divulge at this time, but when it is appropriate to do so, I will let you know. Hmm. All right. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, excuse me for interrupting your night. I should go talk to my compatriots. No, oh, yes, sure, sure. Um, would you do me a favor, though? What can I do for you, Merrick? I'm not very good at conflict. I need you to fire Trill for me. Hmm. Can I subcontract him? Oh, I mean, of course. Like, you, anyone can do whatever they want. Um, if you want to hire him, that's perfectly fine. But I... He doesn't show up for work, and when he does, he does wonderfully, don't get me wrong, but his heart is not in it, and he kind of brings people down sometimes, and this place is supposed to be about hope. Let me work on him, and maybe one day he'll come back and repay this 
Oh, I, tenfold. For, for clarity, I don't mind being the patron of the Mountain Inferno or whatever you're calling yourselves now. I happily will continue to make sure that you have what you need and tabs will be covered here and all, but just he can't work here anymore. However, we are going to keep the likeness rights. Uh, we will continue putting like money aside. We're, we're actually, we, ha we have been making royalties off of the fairy pies um, and we're collecting the payment up to send off to his mother. I'm sure he'll love to hear that. Oh no, do not tell him. This is like a... Pauline met with his mother when he first applied for the job to see if the kid should actually work here, you know, that kind of a thing. And Pauline loves the old lady, but she would never let Trill know that she, she was doing something nice for him. So we, we got to keep this like between us. Great, just like raises an eyebrow. Do you want to get on Pauline's bad side? Because like, I'm a dragon and I don't want to get on her bad side. Crete's other eyebrow goes up. Uh, I see. Well, um, a dr drogan, a drogan, of course. I'm, I'm a drogan, a proud drogan. He'll just like kind of finish his drink, <clears throat> stand up, and say. I'm sure it'll build character in some way. I'll figure out how to say that. Um, I'll let him know. And then he'll just turn and leave. <laughs> All right. You turn around and you leave. Okay. And uh, he'll, you, uh... you cannot help noticing now as you look around this place, that like all of the very fancy pictures that are all around all seem to feature dragons. Huh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the dragon's flag and it's not like anybody thinks twice about that. Uh, okay. He, Crete just goes back to Jim for another drink. All right, uh, you go to Jim Crush with the, with the big tank, and he fills your cup up. Uh, and everything we'll, all right there, Crete? The world is a big place, Jim. Don't I know it? Not so big that I didn't end up working somewhere with two other Jims, though. Crete will kind of lean in a bit and say, "I know this is probably rude to ask, but like." You're not, you're not brothers? Oh, no, not at all. We actually come from three different precincts. Well, I don't think I'll ever meet a Jim as honorable as the three of you. You see that a, a little tear comes to his eye and he grabs a, a what it was essentially like a shot glass for him but it's like a regular like water glass for most other people and he fills it up from his little thing and he goes to cheers you with your cup no knock it back with him <laughs> you're a good man crete and uh 
I'll make sure that they turn down your your sheets before you head up there. Much appreciated, Jim. Uh, could you do me a favor and take care of uh, Trill and File as well? File, <laughs> yes. I hate that little Trill bastard, but I'll do it. Because it's you. You see him fight, fighting back the man tears. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to roll this real quick. I got a 19. He he does that thing like from uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball where he's like, get back in there, Tear! And he sucks it back up into his <laughs> eye. Oh, God. Uh, great. Well, like, yeah, like, take the rest of his drink and look for his friends. <laughs> you see that Trill is now literally being pushed by Fio kind of through the air and is like fighting back against her. And she's just like, get over there. You, uh, you two are. Right? already. Yeah. No, no, I just, um, Trill's I, about I think, to be amazing. I think, I, I think I might need another, I think I need another, another no. drink or something. No. Um, Jeez, your drink. Drink it up. Um, any any word of advice? Um, any uh, oh. Crete? Oh. Yeah. For what? Ladies love you, Crete. Um, just uh, what should I say? Uh, you should probably say good night because you are just. It's a, it's a little forward, don't you think? Oh, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, li- listen, before before you get too involved in that, I got some, mm-hmm. I got something I have to tell you, sir. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Come over here. Um, Sit down. All right. Tough love time. <clears throat> all right. So, Trill. Uh, I have some good news. Uh-huh. And I have some bad news. Uh. The good news. Oh. Is we're not going to set out first thing tomorrow morning. God, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I was, uh, I was ready to go, and I was kind of looking forward to it. It's excited. Oh man, what a shame. We'll find that. We'll do that another day. Yeah, there are other things to take care of. Mm-hmm. The bad news. You fired. Are you kicking me out of the group? No, no, actually. <laughs> no, no. You've, you've been fired from your actual job. What job? Oh! Uh, oh. Doesn't remember he has a job. Oh. Wait, really? Yeah, so, so they don't... How do I put this? You are being released Unemployed. into the world of new opportunities. Exactly. Says, now you really have nothing left to lose. I lost everything. Yeah, now go. I don't have go. a house. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. Oh, my what, God. What do you mean? You don't have a house. Oh, my mom kicked me out earlier. She kicked you out? No, not so much. She told me to get out. I mean, there was no feet involved. Kind of sounds like um, out. Yeah, no. She said like, um, 
She said, uh, words. And then she said, like, go out and do things. And I'm holding you back or something. I left. Oh, I left oh yeah. That's oh, totally she... a... This no. Is, this is me, not you. Yeah, she kicked you out, no. man. No, no. There. That's not. That's not true. That's no, not true. I mean, kick you she, out. She sent you. She sent you out to a sojourn. Well, she didn't change it's the time, lock. Key. It's time yeah. for you to experience new things in the world. So don't think of it as being kicked out. Think of it as mm-hmm. being. Think of it as being let out upon the world. The Isn't world that... is going to be inflicted by you. You make it sound kind of like a bad thing. I mean, if you, do you want it to be a bad thing? I mean, he's afflicting my presence right now. I don't think so. Um, I mean, do you want it to be a good thing? Yeah. This is your opportunity. Make it what it is. So I'm like, I'm like an adventurer now. You're, I I don't know. Unemployed, no house, wandering from place to place, sleeping in tents, never bathing. Yeah. I've never slept in a tent. Do you sleep in tents? Well, I don't know. I just, I read books. I absolutely bathe. Oh. Okay, so. Well, I'm still like, okay, well, I could do the other thing, like just adventure. But. You know, still bathe and sleep in inns, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most most places you go outside the precinct are just, you know, other precincts. Hmm. So, so you, you're right. You're, you're probably not going to have to do the whole tent thing. I mean, <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I. I'm good. All right. You all just like take notice. Just, you'll just you, hit you all head on notice, the table. <laughs> you all notice at the exact same time that Rupert has kind of snuck out from the back kitchen and is kind of trying to eavesdrop on you guys, but rolls a natural one on his stealth check. So you just hear his heavy breathing. <sighs> Great just like reaches behind himself and like grabs like grabs him. Oh no. And pulls him in. And says, Rupert, tell me, buddy. Uh... If you could do anything, anything at all, what would it be? Um I would go downstairs. Why would you do that? Because I cause like, cause like the other the other day I saw you guys like go through a crate back there because like mm-hmm. you, none of you guys were really being all that sneaky. And um, when, when you guys went back there, like that was so cool. Like my mom will take me to the arena fights like every now and then. But like most of the time I'm just here. But like I don't know what's downstairs. And that's really weird, isn't it? You know, you know what, Rupert? It's really not that weird, honestly. 
Oh, like lots of people live in houses where they don't know what's going on in the creepy basement? Mm-hmm. Oh. I, well, I didn't know that. It's okay, Rupert. But you know what? Tomorrow, you're going to have to wake up and come here and probably wash dishes because Trill's not going to be here tomorrow. What? I'm scared. What? I mean, he's like normally not here anyway. Right, but he's not coming back. I mean, well, to be honest, <laughs> when he comes back, get eaten. he's probably going to have a little bit more of a reputation. He has quite a reputation around here. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get bigger. He's a little guy with a big reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, if you say so, Mr. Creek, because, like, you're literally holding me up in the air by the scruff of my shirt right now, so, like, I'm going to agree with anything you say. You should work on that, Rupert. Creek will, like, put him down, and then be like, Work on agreeing you... with you? Um, Could you... Okay. He'll just... Pull like a bunch of empties, put together, and then like hand them back over to Rupert. Say, could you, could you take those back, please? You see him just reach his arms around all of them and try and like squeeze them together and lift them up. And he does it. He <laughs> lifts all of them up together. He goes, "Okay, I'll take these back to my mom. I'm gonna let her know that Trill's not coming back and that he's got a big reputation now." Thanks, Rupert. Oliver, it's the biggest reputation you've ever seen. I don't know what that means, but it sounds kind of dirty, so I'm going to say it a lot now. Yeah, that's unlikely. It's unlikely that I'm going to say it or that he has a big reputation. Big reputation. Oh. (laughs) Hey, you smell weird right now. What? Me? No, you smell pretty. Like, I oh, can't smell you. you really good because my nose is always stuffed for some reason, but, like, I can tell that he smells weird even through that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I... I think I'm drunk a little. Just a little. Hey, yeah, just... you know what helps with that? Yeah. These fairy pies that we sell, would you like one? Oh, They're... I need to get some food in me. Yeah. Let me go get you some pie. I'll be right back. And he turns okay. around and starts walking away with all of the drinks. Uh, so, I think, to be honest, we should all probably turn in early. Are you feeling okay? Feeling quite fine, but... Are you sure? Because, I mean... I think... First, you don't help a man here trill with his love life, and then you tell him he's fired, and then you go order around this small child. Small. Rupert's like a, a grown adult, right? No, he's, he just... like, a, he's like a nine or ten year old. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, good. Uh, <laughs> you just think sure. every human's that size. <laughs> yeah. He's like... Every five like... feet it all blends together. Yeah, like his head's just kind of like He's like, thinks for a second. He's like, huh. Gotta remember that next time. Uh, no. Um, the, I got some new information and we're gonna have to we're probably gonna have to pull some 
I don't know, notes together or something like that, or talk to Carl in the morning. And um, okay, it may be a good idea for us to uh, just get some rest because we have uh, we might. I don't know what's going to. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Do you normally know what's going to happen tomorrow? Because I frankly don't know normally what's going to happen in the next couple of hours. So, well. I mean, it's the difference between, like, you know, waking up and going about your normal day in the wheel and waking up and discovering that there's a secret society of assassins that are out to kill some of your family members. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, it just sounds like a normal day. What? Oh, never mind. Wait. Wait, who's assassin? Listen, we'll we'll talk more about it in the morning when we can get some privacy and crawls around. But um if you all if you all want to stay up, that's fine. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to go to sleep, but I know that um I feel like I need to get some good rest because I don't tomorrow's probably going to get weird. Wait. It can be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get some rest. I am gonna help my friend Trill here get the courage he needs. Courage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I need to go propose or something. What? You you, you no. need to knock that down a couple notches. Oh, buddy. no. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I need to go. Uh. I need to tell Anita to her, um, and then no, you don't need to do that either. Leave uh, that out, God. You okay. do realize that she's working right before. now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but romantic conversations don't necessarily mix with work. Yeah, I've been told that before. And do you do that a lot, Crete? What? Wait, Crete, where do you, you have work? romantic conversations? I mean, every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, this what? is a, this is about the moment where you guys see Anita come out of the back kitchen again for the first time since earlier. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <sighs> uh, ah. I kind of slap his, you know, Trill kind of slaps himself on the face a few times. And then kind of flutters upwards a little bit unevenly. His the left side is definitely a little bit higher than the right. Um Anita. Anita. Um, yes, Trill, how can I help? Uh, uh quick uh question. It's not a question. Um, um You look good tonight. Um you see that like she looks like she is at the end of an eight-hour shift working in a kitchen. Uh, there's nothing like a like. She's still a very pretty girl, but like she looks kind of ragged at the moment. And she looks at you and goes, "Um, thank, thank you. I, you." I'm just look very similar to the pictures with how drunk you are right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, I think... right at this moment is when Rupert walks over with a slice of fairy pie for you. Here you go. Um, I ordered this. 
you see that roll me an insight and you're you're like right next to her right now so even even drunk i'll just give you this normal boom 17 all right you see that when you say oh i ordered this that she kind of stifles a giggle um anita uh i might die soon i i know i'm not gonna die soon but you know i'm leaving soon what um well i where are you I'm going? helping i'm helping crete uh crete's uh sisters gone right you heard and the one I you need... were saying was trying to flirt with you oh um they were uh, it was they... a joke yes at his see? expense what pipe down oh yeah no no i that was just yeah they were joking with me and i was i was joking with them and it was a joke it's all a joke um but so i won't be around for a while and i was wondering you know when i got back maybe we could like i could you know maybe go somewhere that's not here or something oh you only like Go to the go to the bazaar or something. Do you do you need something? No, no, I don't need. Well, no, I'm just thinking maybe we could like. Um, well, there's this uh, food places that we could go to, and I could like you know just give money or something and to the food. Oh, um, Trill, I I don't date coworkers. I'm fired. What? Uh, yeah. I was fine. I, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, fired. Um, yeah, I'm in a, I'm having a hard time uh, dealing with it. Um, would you like to roll a dexterity saving throw, or would you like to intentionally fail it? <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like, I don't really want to be low today. <laughs> so your, um, your choice, you can either roll it or you can fail it. Um, screw it, I'm failing it. Okay, uh, she reaches out and kind of snatches you out of the air, because she's she's a half-elven female, so she's, like, mm-hmm. you know, normal person size, and you're, like, a three-foot-tall little floating fairy. Uh, and she pulls you to her and yeah. just lays one on you. I've been waiting to, to try and do something with you, but you worked here, and I just, I can't don't shit where you eat like Pauline says. That's a weird thing to say after kissing someone. Well, I mean, you smell like rum cake and your mouth tastes like shit right now, but I wanted to kiss you. Oh, um, me too. I mean, I wanted to uh, Maybe kiss some you. fairy pie oh, will help Lord. with your mouth flavor. Go away, Rupert. Do you want me to set the pie down? Uh, yes. Okay. He puts it down on the table and meanders away. Uh, Anita, I, uh... (laughs) So, um, when are you, like, gonna be back? No, um, Crete? Estimates? When the world is a better place. Uh, not that long, but, because we'll be back before then, and then I'll be definitely... I will definitely come here, but not to work. Um, 
and maybe not even to drink, just to, you know, see you. Well, I would sure appreciate that. I, mm -hmm. um, she kind of sets you back down, realizing that she's still, like, holding you, and, like, all of a sudden her face is just completely beat red. I, I have to get back to work. And she rushes back into the kitchen. When she sets me down, uh, Trill, for one of the few times ever, doesn't actually flap his wings, and he just kind of falls back under the table. Probably from the alcohol and the shock. And he's just kind of laying there. And that's how it's done. Um, are we dating now? Get ahead of yourself, buddy. Okay. Uh, I ate it. Okay, I'm going to bed. Sweet dreams. Can you? Are you okay? Can you make it on yourself? Girls already kind of rolled over. <laughs> he just kind he's, of he's he's literally like grabbed the edge of the tablecloth and just rolled it over himself mm -hmm. and is just laying there. <laughs> The yeah, Jim Crash, the, uh, the the gym at the light keg is going to just kind of pick him up and turn around, and one of the rooms is right next to where he's standing, and so he, like, opens the door, and, like, with tablecloth and all, sets Trill down in the bed. <laughs> uh, th th there is also another halfling that is just wasted sleeping in this bed. <laughs> well it's uh interesting that already mm-hmm drinking a show uh, yeah i guess it's time for bed it's nothing really catching my eye around here tonight so i have a good sleep i'll see you in the morning uh, you guys start to head off toward your respective bedrooms, and as you do, you see Merrick step back out of his back office, and he goes, Oh, um, Crete, Fio, uh, join me for a moment. Yeah, okay. He just looks at Fio for a second. All right, I guess, why not? You guys follow him back there, and as you do, he sits back down on his chair, and then he motions towards the bed for the two of you to sit down. It is a very nice bed. It's kind of like a day bed, but it's covered in very fine red silks. I will make a waiver and sit down and be like, this is kind of weird for a place to sit on. Uh, he sits down, and he turns and he looks at you and goes, um... We didn't get to discuss one thing earlier, Crete. Um, <laughs> I have something for you. A gift left by your uncle. Thank you. He pulls out a what looks to be a small antique trunk with a very ornately made... Uh, like the the edges of it are very ornate metal uh, that when you look at them kind of flickers between a, a very dark black color and almost like a uh, 
the the best way to think about them would be very like obsidian uh from mm. the kind of the the filigree on it and the embellishments on it the chest itself is made out of a very fine old leather and it's got kind of a lock that is on it and you see that the lock itself is not a key lock it is not a combination lock but there appears to be a fine red gem that is centered on this lock uh and as merrick sets it down in front of you he says just Push your finger against it and it should open. Uh, all right. Uh, Crete will like kind of just poke it with this with this forefinger. And as you do, the the gem kind of lights up, and you can see that the lock itself kind of starts to move and shift in almost a clockwork-like way and the latch comes undone and the top of it starts to open up and as it does this chest is only about two feet wide about two two feet wide uh about a foot tall but inside of it looks like it is a larger space almost like if it was like a six or seven foot wide trunk and down inside of it you can see a very, very finely crafted set of bracers. You see that there appears to be a well-made necklace that appears to have gems on it of every color of the rainbow. You see that there appears to be a quarterstaff that is laying down in here that seems to have... Kind of along the top of where this quarterstaff is, um, what looks to be a a little bird carved in the top of it. Uh, And you also see inside of here what appears to be a, uh, from first glance, like a a small pouch and as you look more at the pouch you can see as it kind of starts to open up that it is filled with different colors of paint. And there seems to be a small note uh, scroll that is uh, wrapped up tightly uh, and tied off with a piece of twine sitting right in the middle of these four items. Great. We'll pick up the the note and um, see if it'll open up. It, it opens right up in your hand. The twine comes off uh, and it starts to open up. And inside of it is a very, very well-drawn image of what appears to be a waterfall. And you can tell immediately that this was done by your uncle. Uh, and written on it in Goliath lettering is, there is strength among the many and weakness in the one and then on the kind of the bottom of it you see written in his handwriting kind of on the the bottom of the painting i'm proud that you have followed in my steps these things will help you on this journey mistos wow While Creed is reading, Fire is going to be a total sticky beak and be all like, mm, mm, and like inspecting the trunk and like running her hands over, over it and be like, 
this is fine quality. Like, look at this. Hmm. And she's kind of going to be kind of looking inside, but not not touching, but but kind of poking around in there a little bit. Uh, does Crete recognize any of the items? You you recognize the the sack after you read the note. Uh, this is the your the way your uncle always kept paint on him whenever he was in the arenas or in battle or anything was this sack used to be tied to his belt. The bracers that you see in here do not look like they would fit your wrists. They look like they are made for somebody who is much smaller than you are. The staff itself from just kind of glancing at it you don't recognize it and the necklace itself you don't recognize it from looking at it fire will look up at merrick and be like do i have any gifts from any family relations or friends um not that anyone has left with me i can ask around if you would like hmm yes that would be much appreciated he, he walks out of the room so, you hear him go into like. the kitchen and start talking to Pauline. <laughs> Pretty kind of like, all right, well, I don't know. We'll have them. Um... Do you pick the bracers up? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll look at the. I'll. Crete does kind of like take a moment to sort of inspect each of the items to a okay. second. So, they'll probably you... pick up the bracers. When you pick the bracers up, they change size, uh, they go from being probably small enough to fit on Trill's wrists to being large enough to fit on yours. Hmm. That's a neat trick. Huh. Yeah. Give them in. Let's see if they shrink back. Wait, we'll Fire. Over to Fio. They size to fit Fio perfectly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, well, let's we'll grab the bracers back, put them back in the trunk. Uh, I close it. Let's, um... You're not picking up any of the other things? Oh, no. Sorry, it's right. He will pick up the pouch of paint, though. Okay, uh, when you pick up the pouch of paint, your... As soon as you put your hand on it, the world around you seems to snap sharper into focus. Like, somebody who has been blind their entire life without re- realizing it, like, you know, 2080 vision without ever realizing it, suddenly is wearing glasses for the first time. You are seeing colors and differences in color, and you are seeing shapes in ways that you have not seen them before. Fio's hair right now is the most lustrous and beautiful you have ever seen it. Uh, Yeah, uh, he will. Um, he'll pack the pouch uh, into his belt, just like you know his uncle would. He kind of like there's that files hair for a few minutes, a few seconds. All right, 
Does fire begin to get uncomfortable? Like, what are you this, staring at? This man? is actually what you are used to from most men, I would assume, Fio, is that they are just like <laughs> looking at you because you you are an unusual beauty in being a fire genasi in a land where most of your people kind of stay within their precincts. It's rare for them to, to kind of wander out. So anytime that you do, you kind of get looks from people, either mm. curiosity or lustful looks. But this does not, I, I assume, look lustful at all. This is just a very interested look. Mm. Got it. And it's also kind of like probably aimed a little couple inches higher than normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Crete, uh, Crete will then kind of like pack the trunk back up and um, oops. Oh, I think we should um, probably pack up for the night and then um, let's take uh, a look at these things tomorrow morning. Are you grabbing the necklace at all? Or the staff? I mean, well, I guess from Crate's perspective, does he need to does he need to feel concerned that this lock isn't going to unlock a second time? Uh, you have not tried to close it again, so you don't know yet. Yeah, I guess that's what that's what he's going to test at this point in time. He's he'll like pull the lock out and like close it and then see if it will open again. All right, as soon as you close the lid, it relocks the thing, and you see that the color that was in the gem after you touch it seems to fade away. Not like no, not the box, like the, the actual lock. Like he would pull the lock out. Oh if no, it's... you you cannot pull the lock off of this thing. It is part of the box. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's magic freaks him out enough. He would probably pull everything out then. In that case, like I was thinking, it was okay. kind of like a padlock scenario. So when, would... yep, yep. When you touch the uh, necklace to pick it up, uh, the the necklace itself feels very heavy when you go to lift it. Um, to you, you don't really feel or notice a whole lot when, when you go to pick it up. Uh, Fio, make me an arcana check. You got a lovely 26. Okay. Dang. When he goes to lift this thing, you, in your eyes, kind of catch these gleaming gems and you're a girl who likes things that are expensive, so your eyes are kind of drawn to this thing. Each of the individual stones to your eyes looks like there is a different type of magic imbued upon it. And as, as this Goliath's hand starts lifting this thing up, it almost appears as if there's an, to you, not, not to him, that there's an aura of energy around each of these stones as he goes to lift it. <gasps> that is exquisite. Can can I take a closer look? Or... Sure. Here, Cradle. Just mm. hand it over. It's kind of uh, heavy, so careful. When you touch this thing to take it from him, Fio, it weighs next to nothing. It is cool to the touch to you uh, on the, the gems that you are originally grabbing it on. The magic almost makes your entire body reverberate as you touch this thing. And you feel that enchanter core of your magic almost vibrate in time with this necklace. Oh, this is quite a piece you have here. Whoa. He's just going to like be mesmerized by it and run her eyes over it? every inch 
Uh, um, uh, are you serious? I don't know what I would do with a necklace. I, I, absolutely, I would be honored to wear this. Yeah, why don't you, um, why don't you hold on? Like I said, we'll we'll look at the rest of these in the morning when everyone yeah. else is around. Uh, when you grab, so just to so recover everything, when you because you said you're grabbing everything out of there, so that that occurs with the necklace. When you go to grab the staff to pull it out, uh, the staff comes out very easily, just like a quarter staff should or would. That bird that had previously flown in and landed on your shoulder is still kind of been hanging out in this room, and you can hear it standing over there going, "Well, don't know what to do now." And deliver the message. Don't know what to do now. Like, like. It was just a bird a second ago, cheeping to itself, and I pick up a staff, and now I'm like... Now you can understand what it's doing. Okay. Uh, How do I get out of here? He just looks at the staff, looks at the bird. Is there a window? Uh, No, there's the door that leads kind of back the way out. Alright, okay. Crete will like sort of turn towards the bird and just be like, hey, Oh, hi. You can talk to me? I guess. Mm, do you have food? No. Oh, okay. Do, do you want to get out of here? Yes, please. Alright. Can you... Would you be willing to, to take a message back to the, to the fellow who sent one through you? Food. Alright. How about, yeah, how about I give you some food and you take a message back? Mm, yeah, food. Great. I guess that's everything, right? Like, I got everything at this point. Yeah, that's everything out of there. You guys, you have grabbed all of them out of there. You close the trunk. It seals up kind of like I described before. If you do push your thumb against it again, it does open back up. Okay. Like... That, um, what just happened there? I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. You're chirping. You speak bird? Uh, he's just like kind of like got everything in his arms for the style, and he's just sort of like, I guess. I don't even. I have to say that's the most absurd thing I saw this giant Goliath here going. Is that what I sound like? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, you don't realize it because you think you were just speaking plain common or Goliath to this thing that was just suddenly magically speaking the same language. You do not realize you were speaking bird, but yes, you were speaking bird. All right, great. Um, he like looks at the bird and says, come on, let's get you a snack and then um, can you deliver a message back to the, the guy I want to talk to? My memory's and not super good, so it'll have to be a short message, but uh, easy, me enough. Food... easy enough. Easy <laughs> enough. You know, um, assuming the chest opens up again and is like still that extra dimensional space, he'll kind of like stuff everything back in except for the necklace and the paint because he assumes that you know, Fio's going to hold on to that and <laughs> grabs uh, with, the, with the, the braces. Yep, when the bracers go back in this thing, they do shrink back down to the original size you saw them. Okay. So yeah, he picks up the chest and then um, heads out, and like, he 
I mean, he'll literally just like if anybody has like a half eat plate or something like that, he'll just grab food off of somebody's plate. Uh, this thing happily devours the leftovers that you feed it and goes, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Message? Uh, the message is, thank you. Meet at the flagon in the morning. Is that short enough? Sure. I fly back to where he is. Thank you. It takes off. One of the, one of the gyms looks at you and goes, you speak bird? I don't know. Jim, I really That's don't. What I said. Uh, actually, you don't speak bird. Uh, you put the staff away, right? I mean, he would have like, because he knows like, how it kind of works. He would have probably pulled it out or like kept it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. finish this exchange. Yep. You finish but... the exchange with with the staff first, and then you put everything away. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, as soon as you put the staff away, there's no more bird talking. Okay. Cool. That's per- That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Cheap. Motherfucker. Uh, uh, so you guys head to bed. Uh, the morning starts to rise as the two of you kind of wake up around the same time a little bit after dawn. You guys come downstairs. Fio, you, you start to get a breakfast and, and get Pauline's hookup for the, the hangover relief. Crawl, you, Crete, you go outside to do your morning uh, constitutional. Uh, you see that your second boulder is still out there, but when you get out there to start doing stuff for the day, you see that uh, Crawl is sitting on the large stone, not, not Shale, the other large stone. Morning. Hey, great. How's it going? It's confusing. Welcome to my world, friend. Welcome to my world. I assume we're going to find a uh, private location and have a chat. That's what I was thinking. Do you have any ideas? I mean, creepy basement's always a win. Creepy basement it is. Uh, just both of you just roll me wisdom real quick. Oh god. Uh, wisdom is uh fourteen. Twenty-two. Okay. Uh, is that net twenty for you? It was. All right. You guys or or crawl. You have the thought that Merrick's office goes unused during the day. So if you wanted to, you would not necessarily have to go down to the creepy basement to have a quiet room. Ooh. You know, Crete, Merrick's never really in his office. We could probably just use that. I guess it's worth a check. I don't know if he locks it. But, uh... Ah, sure. Probably not. Um, given that he never locked the door to the creepy basement, I guess that's true. Right? Also, with what he has down there, I don't think he's worried about common thief. Yeah, that's a good point. You'll, um, um, you'll excuse me, I'm going to go for a run and then um, I'll meet you inside. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Um, I think I think Fi was already um, breaking the fast, but uh, I haven't seen Trillia. 
All right. Well, hey, good luck, buddy. I hope you get a good workout. In. I cast guidance on him. Appreciate uh, it. Uh, you still have the pouch on your side when you're talking to Crawl? Uh, yeah, yeah. He roll me, he's roll me getting... a perception check with advantage, please. <sighs> Not 20. Okay. When you are looking at Crawl while you have the pouch on your side, Crawl is normally a very attractive gentleman. Right now, like, the light hitting him, him sitting on that rock, like, you just get this urge to paint. Uh, I also need you to roll me a d12. d12. That is a one. Okay, uh, you have one temporary hit point this morning. Ooh. Cool. Uh, Crete has to stick to his oath, so he's gonna go ahead and like complete his exercises. But like as soon as he's done, he's his first like order of business is to kind of start sketching out a sketching out a piece. Okay. Uh, as you go to take off for your run, the lo- second large boulder out in front of the dragon's leg and starts to rumble to life and stand up, and Shale runs alongside you. And y- y- roll me a athletics uh, with advantage, because I think you, you get advantage from being your, your dude, right? Or is that only when you're activating that's, your divinity? That's, yeah, it's only during my All right, oath. So just, just, just your athletics for the morning. All right. That is uh, 19. Okay. You, I'm going to roll for Shale here. You you can tell that Shale is slowing down so you can keep up. <laughs> and like taunting you a little bit, but playfully, like occasionally like bump into you like, hey, hurry up, old man. Oh, yeah. Creates down with that. Like, as long as no guardians get weird on the run, nope. he will totally uh, like. You actually, you run right by one and nothing happens. Okay, so yeah, if they, well, I mean, if Shale's going to get, like, like physical, then Crate's going to go do it back, like, and, and I imagine it's probably going to turn into, like, a game of, like, who can, who can knock who further off of the, the, the track oh, kind of thing. Uh, all right, roll me in opposed athletics. All right. Uh, you, uh, you're, you're, the number you were looking to beat is 21. Okay, I got a 25. Okay, so at one point when when Shale is getting ready to push into you, you just kind of surprise it and bump it with a with a quick low blow that knocks it a little bit off of the path, and it like knocks over a little bit of a fence and then comes right back onto the path. Uh, if anybody if anybody looks like they're like, hey, that was my fence, Crate will you know wave and say sorry, and then just keep going. <laughs> Uh, no. There's no one around when this happens. It is too early in the morning. You might have woken somebody up, but there's nobody outside. Hey, Crete feels bad, but it keeps going. <laughs> uh, you you get back. Uh, as you get back, you see that uh, Fio and and 
crawl are at a table that is right next to the office, but they have they kind of haven't gone in there yet. Um, you can see that the office door is now cracked open because I'm assuming that when crawl went inside, he went to go make sure it was unlocked. And yes, it was unlocked. Um, and the two of them are just kind of sitting there. And as you're walking into the door, uh, Trill, you start waking up to the smell of terrible, terrible halfling feet in your face. Oh, 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 God. Oh, my head. Oh. Uh. Kind of roll, fall out of the bed. And then, you know, kind of dust myself off a bit and kind of open the door. To the main room. All right. You see that your two of your party members are kind of over on the far side of the the bar from where you are right now, and you see that Crete is just walking in. I, I'm going to kind of, you know, fly my way over to the bar and plot myself down on one of the stools, or you know, over to where they are, at and then you know, take a seat down. Uh, um, does does anyone? Uh, we need that spell that gets rid of hangovers. Talk to Pauline, love of boy. Uh, Not me, friend. Yeah, do you know where she is? You can hear her back in the kitchen with your uh, very massive headache right now. Chopping uh, away. God, I wish she had to chop so loudly. Um, I'll be back in a bit. Uh. Okay. And then I'm going to lean to Crawl. And she pulled him in and smirked him. Really? Really. Oh. You think it's because of the brownie smell? Hmm. That might be enticing. Didn't you ever get bored of it? You know, it's like all the time. Uh, you'd have to, right? Like eventually. Uh, you see that Trill starts flying back out of the kitchen, looking very relieved. Oh, God. You know, if we're going anywhere, we should probably try and have Pauline come with us, just in case we drink a lot. You know, just just throwing that out there. I don't know how much we want to risk Pauline in dangerous situations. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, we... that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I asked her to, to teach me as well, so maybe we'll make that happen. And then... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. If it really comes down to it, I could probably help in that situation. Oh, hey. Hello, Crete. How are you doing? Refreshed. Nice. Uh, you guys want to have a little chat? And I kind of point over my shoulder with my thumb to Merrick's office. What, is Merrick? It's subtle. No, no just, like, we're going to go in there to have some privacy. Oh. Can we, like, oh, yeah. bring breakfast in there, or is it rude to eat in someone else's office? I'll be right in. I'll catch up with you. Crete will turn and head over to his to his room. All right. And uh retrieve some chest. Wait, can we can we grab food first and bring it in? As long as you don't spill. No my office, so well, I care. Alright, fine, I'll wait. By the way, when I was outside and talking to Crete and him and his rock creature got up and ran off, Crawl would have tried to turn into that. 
Um, like with Druid uh, Wild Shape. Yep. Uh, you, you attempt to turn into it, but find yourself unable to match that shape. Okay. I'm assuming he's never seen that before, so. He has not. Very cool. He will uh, return from his room carrying, you know, a small chest and uh, set it down on, on, I guess, Drogon's desk and, and uh, look at her and say, a lot of stuff to discuss today. Oh, yeah. Well, let, let's just start out right from the beginning. Um, I sent you that bird message, and then I look to make sure, like, everyone's in and the door is closed. Uh, yep, mm. everyone is in. The door is closed. Uh, when the door is closed, because you guys have only ever been in here when the door is cracked open before, uh, you cannot hear anything else in the bar. Huh. <laughs> Can I no longer telepathically communicate with my crow outside? You do not appear to be able to. Okay. Well, seems pretty secure. Would I oh. recognize what this bill is? Roll me an arcana. Okay. 19. You can tell that this is a very powerful enchantment spell, but you are not exactly sure what spell was used to create it. Uh it, to you it it feels almost like the the effects of kind of like a a tiny hut or something. Like you're you're in mm. a different space while you're in this room. Okay. So I sent you that bird. Thank you. Basically I've uncovered that well I didn't really uncover it. The information was passed to me. But there was someone that put Someone is attempting to kill your sisters. Not positive why. They were actually moved in an effort to save them and keep them safe. They were actually moved by the Orzo Guild. Specifically, the person who brought all of this information to light Is uh, what is his name? And I like pull out, pull out my book, and I'm looking through my book, and I'm like, Beyondak Sulta. Yeah, I've heard that name before. Beyond Indeed. That. Apparently, he is the one who brought the information, and was the first one aware of the attempt on your sister's lives. And the Orzov Guild worked to take them away somewhere safe. Wait, Fio, is that your brother? Yeah, maybe. That's your brother? Yeah, she told us that outside the whatever place. Oh, well, I mean, good job. Your brother helped save Crete's sisters. Eh. Uh, all right. Moving it doesn't, on. Doesn't answer a lot of questions, though. Yeah, how does your family know I... his family? Yeah, probably well, that's not the question. Um, there was also another guild involved in trying to track down who was actually trying to kill your sisters. And basically, I was told that we could continue going after your sisters. However, that wouldn't actually solve anything since they're safe. But I was told that there are 
potential clues at a warehouse in the Westies. Wait, do we know? Great lead. Safe where? Safe what? Well, you said they're safe, but I mean, like, safe where? At the uh, Casino Imperial. Oh. I can only so... assume that they're having a good time gambling. With luck. <laughs> they... They would find a way to enjoy themselves in this situation, yes. But to be clear, I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other what we should do, but I'm just I just felt that I should bring all the information to you and honestly I believe it's your decision, as they are your sisters. I appreciate it. And um it really helped last night, actually. So I spoke with Drogan momentarily last night about the situation. And um I cornered him and told him that I needed, I just needed to know more. And it turns out that he and the arena master were responsible for Nixon Knox's disappearance. Uh, more specifically, that they they had someone take them to safety. Um, quick question. Is there a reason your mom didn't know any of this? It seems like that's something they would probably tell her. <clears throat> My mother finds it difficult to conduct business away from the rim. And finds it difficult to conduct business with people outside of the rim sometimes. I don't have a good excuse. She's very dedicated to our people, and sometimes that sometimes that blinds her to the need to build bridges. So Merrick said that, well, basically that they couldn't get hold of her. I mean, it's not like they don't know where she is. Right? I don't know. I think, I think everyone involved is just holding on to too much pride. But I mean, I, I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but it sounds kind of odd. I, I, I don't. I don't want. To, don't want to like make you feel bad or anything, Creed. Um, I'm just saying. It just seems. It feels like it just raises more questions. You're right. I, it does, and <laughs> I. I don't think Merrick or uh, really anyone we talk to at this point is going to answer our questions until we can discover who was responsible for the attempt at their lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hmm. the Westies? From the sounds of it, that's our best bet in this circumstance. 
what about your mother? Should we tell her that, you know, they're okay? So she's not... She's not going to believe me. Well, it might give her a little bit of peace, you know, that we kind of know where they are and they're not in danger. I, I'm just saying, I mean, we, we don't have to go back to the rim. Just maybe send one of your crows or like a, you know, note tied to a mouse or something. I mean, I don't know his mother all that well, but she might just kill the crow. Like, think it's some, it's some trick. She's... Don't a little, a crow, you. I don't think my mother would do that necessarily, as long as the right information is passed along. And Crete will, like, he'll kind of like pat around at at uh um Merrick's desk a bit, like look for a piece of paper and and a writing implement. Very easily found. Okay, he pull it out and then he starts to write uh, a note. In, in Goliath, but he's kind of like talking it out loud in, in common to himself. And it's, it's just like, Dearest Mother of the tribe. I have discovered the location of my sisters and will do what I can to retrieve them as soon as possible. Before that, I must acquire information in a, for the purposes of maintaining their safety. Kind I will cryptic, right? probably be leaving the district in Creek has stops for a second, like looks up at the sky. Three to five days time. You know we're inside, would... right? What? Carl just says that as you look up to the sky. You know we're inside, right? Well, right, but sky still gives. And if I leave sooner, I will pass along a new message. When you look up to the sky and you are looking at the ceiling, the, the roof of this place, like again, because you're seeing things kind of in a different light now, Crete, uh, it has like almost metallic brass paneling on the ceiling that before when you looked at it just kind of looked like a bunch of annoying shapes. But now when you look at, up at it, it looks like there's a dragon's head looking down at you in these shapes. Crete's mouth just kind of like opens up for a second like hangs there and uh yeah he's sort of like looks back down at his notes yes the girls are safe and then he will roll the note up and say to crawl and say, do you, do you think one of yours could deliver this message safely? Yeah, for sure. He'll hand it over. Alright, I'll be right back. Crawl's gonna go outside and just find some random bird. As soon as that door cracks open, the sounds from the kitchen, from the bathrooms, from outside start penetrating into the room again. Uh, you go outside to go hand Corbin the note, uh, and as you oh, kind I'm of... finding a random bird. 
Oh, you're just using a random bird for this? Okay. Uh, yeah. Bird. You head outside. Uh, just roll me a d20 real quick. Don't get a one. Gotta go jinx it like that. Six. Okay. You you. It takes you like thirty seconds, but you find uh what looks to be like an owl nearby. Okay. It looks looks like it was getting ready to go to sleep when you find it. Okay. Well, I just go up to it and I cast animal messenger on it. And while I'm giving it the message, I'm tying this note to its leg. All right. What's the message? The message is, uh, Goliath. Well, I have to give it the location. So Goliath Rim area. Then I describe Crete's mother. Yep. And then I say, message for you from Crete. Message cost is one treat. He at first when you were doing this, this bird looked kind of upset. But after hearing that, he's like, "Hoo hoo!" and he flies off. Can't guarantee that they'll tip him, but I'm trying. He he's fully thinking he's gonna get a treat right now, and he's hyped. He's not thinking that far ahead. Yep, yep. That's on that's on Crete's mom now. I think she's, but you know, I think she she's respectful of that you know the service industry. I would imagine, but you never know. Yeah, as you're heading back inside, Corbin's like that bird is. Just flying so slow. It's like he doesn't like light or something. Yeah, he's an owl. I'd prefer you to be nearby. I don't want to send you all the way across the district. Uh, I understand. Do you want to come inside? Or would you rather stay outside? Outside is safer for me. Alright. I'll be back. I'm going to go back into the office. You head back in? You close the door again? Yep, yep. Boom. Sound all goes away. Thanks, bro. For sure. Unless something kills that owl, it'll get there. I don't even know anymore. The strange world we live in. Getting stranger by the day. So, you have a good lead on potentially new information. I think that uh, should be our next stop. Yeah, I got a location, but I think, I mean, it sounds like you don't want to talk about him, but uh, Fio, I kind of feel like you should let us know anything you might know. Want to tell us about your brother? Besides being a pretentious jerk? Well, you can start there. Yeah, I mean, just like go on. Like, really? Like on a scale of 1 to 10. 20? Ooh. <sighs> You know, I don't really talk a lot about my family, but I like you, Crete. So if this is going to help you, maybe I can put up to be in his presence for five minutes and answer any of your questions. So what do you want to know? Does your brother typically deal honorably? <laughs> uh, oh, you're serious. Uh, when it comes to business, yes. In honorable in the sense of his interests. Hmm. Understandable. I know that might not sound great, but let me put it like this. If it's in his best interest that your sister's 
uh, protected and safe, then he is going to do everything he can to protect them. And the fact that he's in, involved in all of this and has gone to the efforts under Shadow of Darkness to whisk them away and put them in a safe location. I, I honestly think they're safe. Now, why he's doing this? Um, money, power, prestige, connection, blah, blah, blah. Did I say money? You may have. Carl's, Carl's jotting down notes as you're talking. Wait, so why do you guys hate each other so much? I mean, you like money. He likes money. It seems like you guys have a lot in common. Do we really need to get in the particulars? Nope. Just want to know. <laughs> How's your girlfriend? Um, well, I haven't really talked to her since last night. I just shakes her head at him. Mm -mm -mm. Wait, was I supposed to talk to her already? Should I like reach out to her or something? I don't yeah. think she's at work yet. Or would that be too clingy? Does she have a shift? Well, yeah, but it doesn't start for another like hour or so. A couple of hours, actually. Leave a nice note at her station. Uh, oh, good idea. Great, you do know. Slide me that paper. Too. All right, I need you to tell me out loud what you write down on this paper for Renita. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> All right, what does Trill write down on that piece of paper? Oh, no, 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 no. Shit. All right. My dear Sunita. Bio is 100% like <laughs> side-eyeing and watching what he's writing. Oh, God. Yes. And then mouthing it to the other two. <laughs> My dear Sunita, it is with great regret that I must leave you now. I am off on a grand adventure. Don't write that. <laughs> what? what? Why? What's wrong? Don't say that you're leaving her. Like, the, the, uh, like she's going to think you're breaking up. Shit. Okay, no. Um, it is with heavy regret that I must depart. No, oh my god. Okay, no, not depart. I'm not leaving. I'm not dying. You ever written um, a letter to anybody? No, no. All right, yeah, give me another sheet of paper. All right, my dearest Anita. All right, no, uh, stop. Nope. All right, look at me. Look at yes, me. I'm looking. I am Anita. Okay. Tell me, and in your words what you were trying to say. My dear Not, Anita. Don't write them down. <clears throat> Just all right, all right. say them out loud. Anita, as much as I admire your masculine physique, I... What? Oh, oh sorry. Um, Anita. <sighs> Anita. Um, I wish I could stay here for an, another day or even more days after that. But... I made a promise to a friend, and I have to go help him now. As soon as I can, I hope I can be back here, and I will treat you to that drink I promised, and maybe a whole meal as well. Scratch the drink. We're going to a meal. 
I can't wait for it. We'll just like reach over oh. and fist bump file. Pretty good. It needs a little bit of work. Less words. To start. Yeah. To start. All right. All right. I'll, um, I'll, better I'll better than the other ones. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll, all right. I'm going to write that down. Just all right. Cut so out these words. <clears throat> You you write it all out, and you make sure that you uh, make sure that you don't say that it's a drink. You you correctly make sure that you say that it's a meal, uh, and you get your little note ready. Are you going to take it there now, or are you just going to hold on to it and as you guys leave, drop it off? Yeah, I was going to drop it off on the way out. Okay. So he's taking care of that. Uh, what else? What other business do you guys still have to take care of in the office? Uh, Crete turns to everybody and says, "And before we leave." I I guess I have stuff to share. And uh, oh. he'll go ahead and open this trunk that he has. Get information, too? Uh, I mean, the, the information I got was that Merrick and Briscoe uh, were the ones responsible for for the girls leaving. But that's not even really relevant because like you said the Orzov did it for them and there's lots of other information involved in that situation um anyway apparently my uncle left something here the other day to um i don't know share uh i can't imagine how or why i would use all of this stuff so I think some of it should probably go to the rest of you. And he opens the chest up and pulls out the um, the staff. And I think he goes, I really think this should probably go to you. And he hands it to Crawl. Um, Crawl, you instantly recognize this wood. Uh, you have never seen this wood uh, this far north. But this wood is actually wood carved from the trees in the southern kingdom. Jeez. Crawl immediately starts casting Identify as a ritual. All right, we'll get back and, to you in 10 minutes. <laughs> and then he will pick up the bracers and uh, hand them like hand them over to uh, Trill. It's like, I don't actually, I have no clue what these things do, but um, um, no. I think you should have them for some reason. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, and they resize when you pick them up. Fancy. Uh, do you put them on, Trill? Um, can I do an Arcana check first? Make sure do there's it. nothing. All right. That's not great. What'd you get? Uh, that will be a ten. Uh, they are magical. Uh, you can tell when you when you pick them up, they do not resize. But if Crawl picked them up first, you would have seen that they changed to be his size, and then when he hands them to you, they shift to being your size. All right. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, they look nice. Yeah, I'm gonna put them on. Okay. Uh, as you go to put them on, and you're like sliding them on, these bracers that looked like they were just full-on bracers, uh, as you're pulling them on, you start to see that there seems to be little pockets all along the bracers. Uh, mm. None of the rest of you seem to see these pockets. Only Trill seems to see them. 
Interesting. I mean, they're a little small, but I mean, I guess it'd be useful for like, you know, you could stuff some like herbs in this one and maybe like a vial in this one and pen, you know, paper rolled up. Oh, that is neat. What are you talking about? What? Oh, there's all these little pockets on the side. See? Do you look in the pockets? Uh, yeah, I'm going to okay. kind of pull as, a couple of As you start looking in the pockets, uh, each of the pockets seems to have a different alchemical reagent in it. Just already ready when you start reaching in to pull it out. Like you start putting your fingers in and you pull out a small, small little thing of alchemist's fire. You reach into a different one and there seems to be like some herbs that you might use in like a healing potion. What the? Where did you get this, Creep? I told you. My yeah. uncle left them. Wow. These are like, uh, did you, did you fill these pockets ahead of time? I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, the rest of you, the rest of you see, see him like touching his, his gauntlet and like pulling from his gauntlet these weird items. Are you a magician? What? No, I'm an artifice. Oh, no, hmm. wait, you don't see the pockets? Crazy? What you talking about? Pockets. See. Them. Uh, every time you pull something out of one of them, though, it seems like whatever you pulled out of the other one seems to vanish away. So, like, if you have the alchemist fire in your hand and then you pull out, like, the stuff for the healing potion, the, he the alchemist fire vanishes. Oh, I've seen things like this before. Well, I haven't seen them before, but I've heard of them. It's kind of like, you know, you uh, like have a certain pouch or whatever, of like, say, ingredients or something like that. And whatever you're looking for is what you have. I mean, they're not obviously as, uh, you know, complete as like the what you can stuff inside of a bag of holding. But it's kind of preloaded for a certain kind of concept. You know, in this case, it appears to be all alchemy related, which is pretty amazing, actually. I don't think I've ever seen something like that before. Why would your uncle leave this for you? I honestly don't know. You think back to what is written on the painting. Together there is strength. Well, Crete, Crete understands the concept that's being communicated. He just doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that his uncle was probably spying on him. Oh, um, very good. That makes much more sense. Got it. My My uncle has always been... He's always been eccentric, I guess you could say, by Goliath hmm. standards. No, well, he has great taste in, you know, bracers. Yeah. And other trinkets. I will I will say that. So I'm totally yeah. down with this and being eccentric like this. Uh, I like gifts. Fio, when you uh, woke up this morning... The necklace that you were wearing, again, it feels like absolutely nothing on you. And so, uh, I'm like, when you go to put it on this morning, what do you, what does it look oh, like? Oh, she didn't take it off. Okay, so so when you wake she, up like, this she, morning... She, like, shimmed it under her shirt and, like, stuffed it down her bra so it wouldn't fall out. Okay, so what does it look like this morning? Does it still look like the big gems, or has it changed? Because during the night, you start like as you're looking at it you're like inspecting one of the colors and you see that all of the other gems changed color to match it and it seems to whatever you're thinking about 
change into that. So is it still a bunch of big crystals on a necklace, or is it smaller and more discreet now? Oh, it's still it's still exactly what as it was. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys see that Fio is now sporting some shiny new bling. My uncle left me these paints that he carried on him at all times. Um, when I picked them up, I things started to come into focus in a way I've never seen before. It's odd. I've I've heard of the painter's eye, but this is it's almost mythical in its own right. So Wow. Wait, Carl, what did you get? You see over um, there just identify as verbal somatic and material. So well <laughs> the material you wouldn't really notice much about but mm -hmm. you see him chanting and doing a bunch of hand motions touching the staff repeatedly it's just like i'm assuming we'll know in a little bit mm. uh, do you guys go... want to do anything between now and when the ritual is done being cast? yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna go drop this uh, letter off at anita's uh station all right. in the kitchen. You you meander out over to, to Anita's station. You get it dropped off. You you kind of like look up at the little schedule board and you see that she's supposed to start like in the afternoon. So you know it's probably still going to be a couple hours. But you also know that the only two people who worked back here were you and her. So no one else should come back here and mess with it. All right, sounds good. I'm going to tuck it underneath one of the, you know, underneath her apron just in case. Or put it in like the little pocket. And then I'm going to order some food, because I'm starving. Yeah, Rupert brings you out, like, a little, a little breakfast. Nice. Hey, Rupert, I guess I wanna, won't be seeing too much of you for a while, I guess. No, because you have a big reputation, and you need to go spread it around now. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, yeah, uh, kind of. Um, just, you know, stay out of trouble, and, you know... Keep an eye on Anita while I'm out. Oh, I'll keep an eye on her. I'll keep two Rupert, eyes I will, on I her. I will kill murder. I... <sighs> Thanks, Rupert. What, do you want me to watch her with just one eye? Like, I could put an eye patch on, like, Driscoll if you oh, want. Oh, no. Just, you know, just, you know, make sure. Yeah. You know, forget I said anything, Rupert. Just stay out of trouble. Okay. Um, hey, if you're gonna be gone, like, like, before you go, could you at least, like, clean the toilets one more time? What? I mean, like, like as a parting gift to, to me and my mom, because, you know, she's always been so nice to you. Oh, really? You're gonna use that? Yes, fine, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do uh, it. Sweet, I mean, I All don't right. have to do it today. I'm gonna go hang out down at the bazaar. Okay, bye! And you see he immediately books out of there. <laughs> totally passing Lazy. off his job onto you. Lazy little shit. Ugh. Well, at least I have a mage hand. Uh, sure, Poop and Tom's not there. Wait, what's his name? Poop and Tom. Yep, Poop and Tom. Uh, do you head back there right now to take care of it? 
Yeah, might as well. I'm waiting for the food. Right. Yeah, Poopin' Tom is sitting back there. He's actually like <laughs> half asleep. His he's kind of doing the whole lean forward. His yeah. elbows on his knee. His hand. His forehead's on his hand. He's just like nodding off. Man, Tom, you really need to start eating more fiber. Uh, you know, they told me that I need to eat more fiber, and I ate more fiber, and I'm here. I don't. I don't know how to leave. Were you like cursed or something like that? I mean, I don't even. What day is it? Tom, you've been here for like weeks. Well, I mean, it's better than being at home. Tom, you've been in a bathroom. You know, never mind. Just you get to talk to interesting people. Move your thighs. Just move. Clean. Kind of shimmies out of the way. You see, you see that, like, as he tries to shimmy, his like, it, it's the whole like, his legs are asleep, so he's got like pins and needles. He's like, oh, God, oh. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you're not really paying for a room if you're on the toilet, so I guess that's clever. Uh, so yeah, you you managed to clean through there. Uh, you between a combination of mage hand and what you seem to realize is as you're like reaching down, your your bracers kind of put like a little magical field around the edges of your hands so that they don't actually get dirty. And you have like you know it it kind of protects you from nasty elements and whatnot. Nice. Hmm. Could be very useful handling toxic chemicals or items. Ooh, speaking of toxic chemicals and items, I still have that weasel bag covered with the weird rat juice, which is a weird sentence to say, but hell, I'm in a bathroom. You know what I'm saying, Tom? No, uh, I really, uh, I don't know what you're saying, but I will tell you that uh, it's a mighty fine job you're doing there. I've yeah, been here yeah. for weeks, and I, I don't think it's been that clean. Yep, it's what I do bet. Yeah, I do it pretty well. You you take the shit, kid. You take the shit. I, hey, I when you go shit. back out there into the world, can you uh, ask that little snot-nosed kid to bring me some food? Uh, he actually just took off, but I'll put in an order for you. Oh, please don't send Pauline back here. Wait, why not? she not know you're here? Uh, of course she does, but she told me to leave, like, I don't know, days ago. Tom, you need to go home at some point, man. But my house doesn't have a commode like this. Mm. Where All else right, can well, I? Where else oh. can I sit and poop and talk to people and learn about their stories? Uh, all right, I'll have one of the gyms bring it back. Is that all right? Oh, that'd be great, man. I right. really appreciate it. Have a good one, Tom. Shimmy's back over. <laughs> uh, you kind of make your way back out. Uh, you go back into the room. What have you guys been doing in the room since he's been gone? Just the ritual spell going on or anything else? Because if not, we're going to finish the ritual spell when he gets back. Great's just like waiting. Okay. Nothing else. All right. Uh, so as we get back there, you're going to finish casting your spell. Uh, when you finish casting the spell, you find out that this thing is called a Splinter of Nardil, N-A-R-D-I-L, and 
what this is is there once was a massive tree uh, in 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 what was the southern kingdoms and is now covered by precincts. Um, and this tree housed a conclave of druids that used to live down in the south. When the spell was cast, the druid conclave along with everybody else in the south vanished. Um, so there was just a giant druid conclave tree that was left unattended uh, and was subsequently destroyed. Um, splinters of it exist in the world and each of them is imbued with some of the strength from the druid conclave. Um, Wielding this item right now, uh, you know that you have access to some of its power. Uh, you know that it will take time for you to be able to attune to it to really be able to unlock anything further with it. But you know that holding it right now will give you the ability to speak with animals at will. And it will also give you the ability when dealing with animals to get advantage on checks to ask them to do things that would not be harmful to themselves. Uh, it also gives you the ability to summon a small animal from the end of the stick, which has to be a, a, a type of bird when it gets summoned. Uh, that can act under your will, almost like Corbin, but uh, unable to give a help action, unable to do anything else, just a one HP creature to be able to uh, quickly be able to use for uh, animal messenger or something along those lines. Um, the weapon itself acts as a plus one weapon if it is wielded in combat, uh, but beyond that is functionally a quarter staff. Uh, like I said, as you spend more time with it, you think that it will become more powerful. Excellent. This is amazing, Crete. Well, how do I put it? As disciples of glory, my uncle and I are dedicated to the idea that a living legend is what's necessary to create the good in the world. That's needed. I know that's not a good explanation. And so he gives great gifts? It's, I would say, from someone like us, an investment. Well, I'm not gonna worry about that. This thing's awesome. Uh, anybody else want me to <laughs> identify theirs? Uh, when you have Just some please. time. Well, dude, I mean, it might be helpful to know what it does before we go into this unknown. Yeah, you Mur get the good murder point. house, murder warehouse. It, it's part of the Orzov, wait. right? Wait, murder warehouse. Yeah, what are you talking about? Described as that before. Well, I I said that it's it's the warehouse that has clues about the people that are were that are trying to murder his sisters. So, wait, but is that like what the warehouse is for? Is it actually just a murder warehouse? What? I don't know. I haven't been there yet. Well. You can't describe it like that. It sounds like warehouses are what they have, and lots of it, like overstock should, of murder. Should probably get all of these identified then. And um, well, I mean, we if it's out. a long trip, do we need to stay here and do it? I mean, if we had a cart or something so that I could sit still and do it, then sure. But I can't do it oh, like, yeah. while walking. Yeah, raises another question: How are we getting there? I mean, Where it, is it? it's just on the other side of the arena. We we could walk. It's not like we have to cross the entire place. Mm. In the Westies? Yeah, it's it's in the Westies, and we're in the Southeast. 
I guess it's not that far. Yeah, let's see if we can get a cart and maybe we could do it on the way. All right, well, I'm going to start doing one now while you guys look for the cart. Uh, we will fast forward through all three of the <laughs> other ones that people good. want them so that we can just get these done. Uh, whose are you doing in which order? You tell me. Um, Fio was the most gung-ho immediately, mm -hmm. so Fio's. All right. Uh, when you cast the identify spell on Fio's item, what it what it comes back to you as after you finish your little ten minutes of, of touching it and trying to futz with it. Uh, as you're touching it and trying to identify it, uh, every time that you touch it, you feel magic reverberate back at you as you're trying to like identify it. Um, a little bit almost as if the item is fighting you on trying to identify it at first. But you do end up getting it identified. When it gets identified, what it is identified as is the fallen tears of the Enchantress. Uh, and what you end up picking up from it, Fio, is the first time that you cast an enchantment spell of level one or higher that would burn a spell slot in a day, it does not take a spell slot to use the enchantment spell. So essentially, it is giving you one free enchantment spell a day of each level. Additionally, while you are wearing this, you have a plus one to hit with any spell attack. You also get an a advantage against any effect that would try and charm or stun you. It also has the metaphasic property so that it can look like any necklace you want at any time. As a free action, you can change what it looks like. And again, it feels as if this is just scratching the surface of what this item could do. Very good. Who's up next? Look at Yo. Trill and Crate. All right, Trill. You identify this one, and when you finish identifying it, you end up finding out, uh, actually, Trill. I'm going to ask you to jump down to the production studio channel real quick uh, until I'm done talking to Crawl about this. You find out that this thing is referred to as Tarkin's Last Wish, and these bracers were actually, they actually belonged to Tarkin Barbali, who is Trill's father. Uh, you find out that these things are alchemical devices uh, that at any time, if a material component is needed to be to to be used for uh, creating potions or or anything else alchemical, it will always be on hand. It provides a plus one bonus to AC. It also gives uh, resistance to poison and uh, advantage against uh, poison uh, effects. And again, there's something more in it. Uh, so you can decide wh how much of that information that you would like to pass on to Trill, uh, whether you want to tell him that it belongs to his father or not. Okay. I'm going to pull him back in. Uh, so Trill, mm -hmm. these make you tougher. Plus, <laughs> plus one AC. They're resistant against poison. They seem to be able to produce any material component that you would need for a potion or an alchemical process, just through the magic of the weird pouch thingies. Um, they themselves function as alchemical devices. Um, also, 
Take a deep breath, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's th- these are named Tarkin's last wish. Tarkin's last wish. Yes, they they belong to your father. While Trill is coming to terms with this, I just start the process on uh, crates. Yep, these are known as the Bag of Glory, is what you determine when you are working on the the bag itself. And when you're working to identify the bag itself, you also realize that the paints that are inside of the bag are also magical. So I'm going to kind of uh, have you, you know, go through your identifies for those as well, because those are very simple and easy. There are 15 different colored paints in here of different varieties of colors that kind of hit everything across the rainbow and everything in between. And these paint containers will never be able to be completely used. There will always be paint within them that can be used. The bag itself uh, at the beginning of each morning, we'll give Crete 1d12 temporary hit points just for having the bag on him. Uh, additionally, any time that Crete would gain temporary hit points from a different effect, he will gain an additional, uh, whatever his current character level is, in hit po- temporary hit points on top of it. So if he was supposed to gain 7, he would gain 7 plus character level. It also gives him advantage on perception checks uh, anytime that he is attempting to um, use sight as his like method of perception. So it wouldn't be helpful if he was trying to listen in on something, but anytime that you are looking at anything, you would get advantage on a perception check. Uh, again, this feels like there is something deeper to this, uh, and this magical item at the, kind of at the end of your identify spell, which you end up finding out, was not originally a magical item. It was a regular bag that through being carried by Mistos for so long and being so associated with him ended up becoming a magical item. Thank you, Cole. Of course. Uh, you okay, Trill? Um, yeah. When did he make these? You have think... never seen these before, Trill. You Looking at them yeah. now, like, after they told you this, like, very clearly your dad's craftsmanship, but you have never seen these. You haven't seen plans for these? Nothing. I mean, he never, like, sold these or showed these to me or mom or anyone. They actually don't even look that old. Like, when did he... I I would stress that typically magical items, especially strong magical items, don't really age or wear and tear. You think maybe this was like a gift he made for someone? And maybe... Possible? Um, I mean, if so, I would have to imagine it was you. You're his son. Hmm. Well, I mean, but he didn't give them to me. He gave them to Crete's uncle, someone I never even met. I mean, how did he? He never would have known that I would ever met him again, or something. I'm sorry, I don't know anymore. I 
we I'm assuming that we can learn more about it as time goes on, but yeah. yeah. Um thanks, uh, Creed and Carl, especially. Anytime. Uh so you guys have been riding in, in the uh or you guys have been walking over and just kind of doing this uh, kind of uh, as you've been walking along and you guys start approaching the edge of the Westies. This area, as you guys kind of start walking into it, in general, this area is one of the second or third of the neighborhoods that kind of settled itself in. So it's got a little bit of an older feel to it. Um, There's a lot of trade buildings in this area, which is why like the Orzov, you know, the Golgari, the Maven's Accord, a lot of people kind of have warehouses over here. There's some blacksmiths in this area that have been around for a very long time. You know, if you're looking to, to find just about any kind of trade person, you can find them somewhere in the Westies. There's an entire little like warehouse district that's just kind of storage. And as you guys make your way over in that direction, is there anything else that you guys want to do before you get there? Did did I have any description of the warehouse? Just that it was a small warehouse that on the outside of it had a sign that has two coins on it that have a pair of ugly faces on them. I would just have Corbin looking for it. Just send him up. Roll me an investigation with advantage. 19. It takes him about five minutes, and then he is able to, to spot it out and kind of guide you guys in that direction. All right. My my bird found the warehouse, so this way. As you kind of get closer, you're up like around the corner from the warehouse right now, and Corbin goes, Sir, someone is stepping outside. I wonder if I can look through his eyes or not. It's fine familiar, so you should be able to. Yep, I'm going to look through his eyes so that I can see what it is. Okay, you look through his eyes and you see stepping kind of out front of the warehouse is an older looking fire genasi in very fine clothing, but very old clothing. Like it's it's nice clothing that he has worn for a very long time. And he steps outside, he pulls out a small ledger uh, out of his pocket that's like a little tiny notebook, probably only like three inches by two inches, and he opens it up and he kind of looks through the pages real quick and he scratches something out, and he puts it back away in his pocket, and he sets his cane down and kind of leans forward on it. There is a fire genasi outside the warehouse that is finely dressed. Do we know anyone like that? And I'll I look at Fio. Yes. Mm-hmm. That could be anyone. Or my brother. Wait, does he know we're coming? Did you tell him we're coming? No, I didn't even know he was going to be here. Fio? What? I'd rather avoid him. Why would I tell him? Uh-huh. Let's try to intercept. I mean, we got to figure out what he's doing here, so we're, we're going to have to talk to him, Fio. Uh, fine, let's make this quick. Fio, as you come around the corner, roll me a perception. Well. Okay. Uh, at first, when you walk around the corner, this just looks like kind of any old 
Fire Genasi, you're kind of like down the street from him. You can, it's, you know, it, it is the beginning of the morning. It's probably with all of the identify spells you guys have cast, probably about like 10 o'clock ish right now, a few hours after dawn. And as you're kind of walking over, uh, are you kind of at the head of the party? Who's who's kind of leading the group over towards this guy? Crete would be walking forward just because he, I mean, his gait is massive compared to pretty much everybody's. I think Crawl is uh, not in front. I would be walking casually, but she's mostly behind Crete and kind of just trying to get a glimpse as subtly as she can. Ah, young Master Crete and daughter, it is good to see you. My master beyond dark wishes to speak with you. And that is where we are going to end it. Uh, you guys see Heru Sulta for the first time, and it is Fio's father. Sorry, there's another one. Sorry, God. Fio's brother is the master of Fio's father? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awkward. Uh, Just the, now the you idea. see why he's a giant dick. Like I'm picturing uh, Fio dealing with her brother and like her father, like Cheryl from uh, Archer. It's like, God, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, they're so aggravating, right? They seem nice enough. <laughs> oh God, oh, this is gonna be great. <laughs>